I'm a follower of Jesus. It's the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature. We believe that just like you have to obey the laws of gravity and inertia and the physical laws, or you'll probably end up dying, falling off a building or something, that there are spiritual laws of nature that if you violate those, the consequences are just as sure and sometimes even worse than violating the physical laws of nature. And today we're talking about one that um, is, is... I don't know if I have experienced more people having a complete turnaround in their life by this principle. I don't know if there's any other principle that's much more than this principle. I, I have seen many lives totally transformed by understanding and integrating this one principle. So I hope it helps you. Okay, it starts very simply. Never make the same mistake twice. Pretty easy, huh? Uh, I've asked, I have no idea how many people that question because almost everyone who's come to see me is doing something over and over that they believe is a mistake or self-sabotage or not helping them in their life. And that's one of the reasons they were seeing me. So very often I would say, if you could never make the same mistake twice, how would that have changed your life? And how would that change your life in the future? And most of them, when they really think about it, it's, oh my goodness, it, it would have to change everything. And it does. Almost everyone I've ever worked with either has a significant habit or addiction that is keeping them in, a, in somewhat of a vicious cycle in some area of their life. Okay? But you know what's interesting? Almost no one I have ever met in my life could do that. Meaning, not make the same mistake twice. Well, if you turn it upside down, paradoxically, and this is one of the greatest enigmas of all time, if you turn it upside down, the definition of insanity, I think it's attributed to Einstein, is to keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Those are sort of opposite mirror images of, of this same issue. Okay? And um, the Apostle Paul, one of my all-time favorite passages, Saved My Life, said, what I do is not the thing I want to do. What I do is what I don't want to do. And I do it over and over and over and over again. And this is toward the end of his ministry, not the first. Okay? So even the great Apostle Paul could not do that. He could not just say, that is wrong for me to do, and so I'm not going to do it again. Alright? So if Paul couldn't do it, man, why should I expect me to do it or you to do it? And the answer is, you shouldn't. And that's one of the problems. Okay. The old law, 
that law of sin and death, where if I do good, I get good. If I do bad, I get bad. And it's all based on how many good things did I do versus the bad, and what's the ratio there, and, and all that sort of stuff that determines whether I'm a good person or a bad person. And it's a system that you almost can't win. My ratio was 90%, and I never came close to that. But I'm at hope, uh, and in the early years of our marriage, we talked a lot, and she was probably at 99% as far as doing what she thought was good and not doing the things she thought was bad. Problem was, her percentage to be a good person was virtually 100%. So even though she had been the best person I've ever known in my life as far as what she did and didn't do, it wasn't even enough for her. And that tends to be a common thread, okay? It's always a little bit higher than I'm able to achieve, all right? And here's what kind of happens physically with this that I think really plays in to, um, to this vicious cycle and us not being able to do what we believe is best for our life, for the people we love and care about, our health, and our relationship with God. Okay, I'm a terrible drawer. Sorry about that. And also, I'm going to hit some things pretty quick in here that we have a lot more explanation in the foundational material and the greatest principle. So if you don't get enough here, go there. And I think that'll fill in the blanks, kind of. But your brain or nervous system at any given time can put you in a neutral chemical situation, a negative chemical situation, or a positive chemical situation. And this corresponds not just to chemicals, but to thoughts, feelings, emotions, and energy that's either negative, neutral, or positive as well. Negative thoughts or positive thoughts. Negative feelings, positive feelings. They all this all goes together. Okay. So Let's say I've got a decision to make, and it can be anything from telling a lie or stealing to, let's say, having a scoop of ice cream or not. Okay, I love ice cream. I'm a big ice cream guy. Okay, well, let's use the ice cream one. That's pretty non-threatening to most people. And so I'm driving around and not, I'm not thinking at all about ice cream, and I see the sign, and bam! Now, immediately, I've got a decision to make. Okay? go get two scoops of strawberry buttermilk ice cream or not. I've been putting on a few pounds. I'm trying to watch my weight a little. I've had a lot of sweets lately. So in, I don't know, five, ten seconds, my brain nervous system, unconscious, subconscious, and conscious, comes to the distilled decision, it would be best for you not to get two scoops of ice cream right now. But, do I just leave it right there immediately and do that? No. Typically, I think, okay, but what if I did? And so, I imagine going in there and getting the two scoops of ice cream. Alright? Well, here's the deal. When I imagine doing something that I believe is wrong or a mistake for me, but I imagine doing it anyway, when I imagine doing it, is the only thing we know of right now in science that causes all three of the, no, I'm sorry, not neutral, but causes both of these 
to be pulled. Both of these switches to be flipped. So you not only have the positive hormones of oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, uh, all that stuff, but you also have the negative of cortisol, adrenaline, dopamine, to the point, see normally, if you're thinking about a love-based thing, you have the positive. If you're thinking about a fear-based or sinful thing, you have the negative. But in this case, when you're imagining, even though it happens automatically, as soon as you see that ice cream sign, as soon as you imagine doing the wrong thing, the mistake thing, both of these are pulled and you have a tidal wave of chemicals, energy, feelings, thoughts, etc. that's almost literally like taking heroin. And is almost impossible to resist. And so that chemical tidal wave becomes its own addiction. Because nothing else feels like that. Okay? Well, the only time this happens is when I imagine doing something I believe is a mistake or wrong for me to do. So I find myself, whether doing it consciously or unconsciously, thinking a lot of the time about doing something I believe is a mistake or wrong for me because it's given me this dose, almost like, you know, taking the pill or sticking the needle in my arm. Oh, wow, that feels good. And not to mention, that, that doesn't even mention the pleasure of the ice cream, which is added on to that. Okay, so consciously or unconsciously, when I think about something that causes the tidal wave, the rush, I want to repeat it because that feels good. If I'm bored, it doesn't feel bored. It, it, and, it's, and it's got some negative, but it's got positive too. It's just a rush. It's just a rush. Okay? Um, so that becomes its own addiction. As well as the thing I thought about doing, the ice cream. So now I go get two scoops of ice cream and eat it. And now that's part of this addiction because it was the ice cream that I was thinking about that caused the tidal wave. So now I start eating more ice cream. Now lots of things will do that, but it's associated in me to the ice cream. So that's the one I use to pull that trigger and maybe some others too, okay? And then after I eat the ice cream, guess what happens? My, the negativity, the negative energy, the lies and errors in my memory banks, my negative programming, my sin-based programming, my old law, do good, get good, do bad, get bad, now starts to beat me over the head with guilt and shame for eating the ice cream when I knew I shouldn't have. And now I've gained another pound and I feel worse about that. And it has a tendency to snowball. Okay? So, after Paul said, what I do is not what I want to do, but what I do is what I don't want to do, then he says, when this happens, it is not me doing it. It is sin living in me.
And that's where God assigns the responsibility, not to you. What does that mean? It means I'm not guilty of making the mistake and eating the ice cream when I shouldn't, etc. I am not guilty of that. God's grace, God's love short circuits that and the price is paid for me making the wrong decision, getting the ice cream, both in sin or non-sin terms, but also in chemical terms and energy terms and thoughts and feelings terms, etc. And so now, instead of feeling guilt and shame for having the ice cream, I feel gratitude and thankfulness. Why? Because that wrong, that mistake, was never written under my name. It's as if I never even did it. So now I'm filled with gratitude and thankfulness when I really understand that and start to live it, which makes me less likely to get the ice cream when I think I shouldn't the next time, not more likely. Okay? Plus, doing it really is not a mistake because now everything has changed from right and wrong to love-based or fear-based. And I know I'm going to do a lot of stuff fear-based as long as I'm in this physical body, but it's not about that anymore. It's about just getting back up, getting back on the horse of love, taking off again, doing the best I can, but I know I'm going to fall off again. I know I'm going to make mistakes again, but when I do, it's already paid for. So there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's no uh, identity and worth, negative repercussions. It's thankfulness, gratitude, and learning from this to go up to the next highest level and being better and better able to not make the same mistakes again and quit living by the definition of insanity. I'll give you an example and it's mine. Uh, in my late 20s when Hope kicked me out of the house um, <clears throat> said she couldn't stand to live with me anymore and I was at my parents house and really upset. Um, my most hated thing in the world to do was clean toilets. And I mean, I hated it. It was disgusting. I would do, I'd probably lie to not do it. And I'm sure I did back then. Okay. And the whole time I did it, it was just horrible. And then it'd take me like an hour and a half to recover from that disgusting experience. Now, I remember it vividly. Okay. Well, while we're separated, I discovered that I really didn't love hope at all. I was calling it love. I was telling her I love you. It was really selfishness. What's in it for me? A business deal. Love. Fake love. And when I came to understand what real love really is and the difference, there came a point in time when I didn't even know if there was a God anymore, but I committed, I vowed to love hope no matter what for the rest of my life. No strings attached, no expiration date, no matter what. Even if it means more pain, less pleasure, none of that matters. I'm in. I'm committed as best I can to really love her the rest of my life. When I did that, whoosh, I felt it. I was changed it from the inside out. Not by my effort, not by my willpower. See, that's how we try to break these cycles by our willpower.
Oh, I've got to try hard not to eat ice cream. I've got to quit lying so much when it really doesn't even make that much difference. I've got to start exercising. I've got to be more careful with money. I, you know, all those have-tos. And if I, it, it goes, the paradigm switches from it being a sin or right and wrong to, under the new law, love-based or fear-based. And my commitment is to love as best I can with God's help. And it's really His love working through me. Okay? And when I give myself to that, either quickly, like with me, or over time, like with hope, you are changed from the inside out. So that the tidal wave I don't desire that anymore because what comes from just the love side is far superior to the tidal wave of positive and negative. It may not be as powerful, but it's far superior and feels way, way better. Okay? So that's not so much an attraction anymore. Now, I might have thought that before when I was really living under the old law, okay, the problem was I couldn't do it because what you were thinking of was love and you were acting in love, probably like me, really wasn't love. It was what's in it for me. It was a business deal. It was seek pleasure, avoid pain. Okay? When you give that up, you start to get only the positive chemicals, energy, thoughts, feelings, etc. And you start to be able to do the right thing more and more. You'll never do it perfectly. You quit living by the definition of insanity. And even when you make mistakes, you're not beat over the head anymore with guilt and shame because it's already been paid for and it wasn't me that did it in that paradigm. My job is just to learn and get back up and go again. So the cycle is short-circuited. When I truly commit to love, no matter what, no expiration date. Now, you can't fool your unconscious. If what you're really thinking is, I'll try this for a while, but if it doesn't work, I'm going back. That, don't even try, it won't work. Your unconscious knows you're not fully committed. And fully committed doesn't mean making mistakes. I make mistakes all the time, and I'm fully committed. But here's the, here's the end thing. For about the first 28 years, years of my life, especially the last um, 10, I was trying as hard as I could to be healthy, to be successful, to be a great husband, to do well financially. I mean, I was reading books, talking to people, working, working. I wasn't laying on the couch eating Twinkies, okay? I was working hard, and everything in my life was sliding. And it's because I kept imagining doing the thing that I thought was wrong for me to do, whether that was lustful thoughts or eating things I shouldn't eat or not going into the kitchen to help hope with the ditches when I really felt I should have, okay? Now it switched to where that's what I wanted 
to do. I wanted to do the loving thing. It changed my have-tos into want-tos so that I don't keep repeating the same mistakes and I get closer and closer to my best life possible. Okay, here's where I'm going to end. Years ago, when I was imagining maybe how good my life could be, I never imagined it being as good as it is today. Now, I fantasized about it being better than it is today. Okay? Being, you know, having a hundred billion dollars and the MVP of the Super Bowl. And I mean, I fantasized, but those things were just fantasy, and I knew them at the time. As far as what I actually believed was possible in my life, I never once imagined anything close to how wonderful my life is today. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way I could have done that on that old system of everything is immediately distilled down in the brain and nervous system to right and wrong. And if I do wrong, I have the, the tidal wave of chemicals that makes it a hundred times more likely I'm going to keep doing that. I become addicted not only to the thing, the ice cream or lying, but to the tidal wave of chemicals that happens when I think about it. And it becomes a vicious cycle. I, no way I could have with my willpower or intention gotten to the life I've gotten to. I was, everything was getting worse as time went on. But when I fully committed to real love, it was done in me, to me, and for me. And my life has been way easier than it has ever. I, I still have things go wrong all the time, but it has been so much easier. It just flows. Um... And when I do mess up and make a mistake, I don't experience the guilt and condemnation. I experience maybe disappointment and then to thankfulness and gratitude and the cycle is broken. So um, I hope you will listen to this as many times as you need to until it really soaks in and then you will commit. Even if it takes you years to get there to... Love, no matter what, as best you can, no strings attached. It's the only thing I know that can turn have-tos into want-tos, keep you from making the same mistake over and over again, and from living the definition of insanity. Okay, so now let's finish that passage of Paul from Romans 7. What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I do. I do it over and over, but it's not me doing it. It's sin living in me. And then, here's the conclusion. Who will rescue me from this body of death? He says, this is coming from this physical body. That's where the problem's coming from, and he's right. It's where the old man is, all the fleshly desires and pain and pleasure and all that. And then his last statement in that passage, thanks be to God who always leads us in victory. Victory over what? It has to be victory over what he's been talking about. Victory 
over being addicted and pulled into this vicious cycle of sin and death and repeating mistakes and the definition of insanity and uh, everything's a have to and I have two separate lives kind of that I'm living, the image and then all the turmoil I feel inside and all that. Now, that's what he's talking about. Thanks be to God who always leads us in victory. And what does he say? Is there a greatest commandment? Yes, love. And if you do that, you've done the whole law. You, you've done it all. It's all about love. And when you do that in your life, and it's your choice, but God will give you the strength and power, it will change you from the inside out as well. So um, thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.